Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Amy Shannon. She is the Chief Commercial Officer at Prima Temp. Amy is passionate about applying data analytics to clinical science to advance the democratization of women's health care and ultimately outcomes. She has led commercial activities representing the spectrum of healthcare from population to personalized medicine. Amy held roles in sales leadership, business development, and finance with Eli Lilly and Guidant Corporation. As the leader of sales and marketing at Medical Simulation Corporation, Amy and her team identified and created a new hospital market, never serviced by the simulation industry, focused on areas of high economic and mortality impact. Amy represented WellTalk, a machine learning data-driven enterprise SaaS company, and led sales and marketing for flagship biosciences and AI-driven computational tissue analysis platform to support drug development. Amy has served as an industry advisor to the LeapFrog Group on patient safety, a facilitator of the medical ethics course at the University of Colorado Medical School, a volunteer with the Colorado Bioscience Association, and is a strengths finder coach all in one career. It's a pretty impressive. Uh, and uh, Amy's greatest professional passion is leading and developing teams. She earned her bachelor's degree in molecular and cellular developmental biology at the University of Colorado and her master's in business administration from Duke University. So it's a privilege to have you here on the podcast, Amy, and really, really thankful you could join us. Thanks for the kind introduction, Saul, and I'm honored to be here. And I've really enjoyed learning from your other guests that have been on the podcast previously. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, we definitely want to get diverse perspectives that, that are out there in healthcare, and yours is quite unique. And I'm really excited to dive into what you're doing with your team at PrimaTemp. Before we do get into that, though, Amy, I'd love to know what inspires your work in healthcare. Well, thanks, Saul. Um, really, from the very beginning, I've always been fascinated with bioscience and healthcare. That's been my passion and interest pretty much solely. And as corny as it may sound, I really love the fact that your day-to-day -day work or labor actually helps people. It's an incredible opportunity and reward. But beyond that, I'm really fascinated with the intricacies and the complexities of bioscience, both on the level of a human body as well as a healthcare ecosystem. And so if you think about the biological system design, like the endocrine and neurological and electrical systems and how they influence each other, it's fascinating. And then you take that to a macro level and you think about healthcare and the synergies and collisions of biology and technology and behavioral economics and policy and psychology. And then saw at the end of the day, really just the individuality of human beings living out their lives. Um, you know, they make some really intriguing intersections. And I think it's fascinating to thrive at those intersections and a great place to be challenged intellectually and emotionally 
And then those intersections are really advancing the quadruple aim of healthcare, especially with the application of AI. And our company, PrimaTemp, is doing just that. We're applying AI to biometric signals to understand what's happening in the body. Love it. It's fascinating work. And, you know, you've had uh, spent some time in previous leadership positions with other companies in AI. You see the future there. And so talk to us about really biometrics, you know, exactly how you guys are focusing on biometrics, what biometrics is in particular to to what you guys are doing, and how exactly you guys are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Will do. Well, thank you. Well, really, we're using biometrics to empower women to make informed healthcare decisions. And our first application is in fertility. So just to step back a little bit, fertility starts to decline in women in their 30s. And therefore, many of us who are waiting to have kids till we're a little bit older, it makes conception and maintaining a pregnancy more challenging. And the, there's new data coming out from the World Health Organization that shows that one in four couples in developing countries have been affected by infertility. So to move to your question about biometrics, we use what's called advanced chronobiological and circadian science to be able to pull up that biometric. So it's all about when something is happening. So chronobiology uses the science understanding the phases and oscillations of physiological and hormonal and neurosystems of our bodies and then applying time series analysis to that and being able to predict and understand a variety of medical conditions um, because each of these bodily systems, they have rhythms to them. And those rhythms or cycles are specific to each individual. So in other words, they have those rhythms, they impact things like sleep and eating and women's monthly cycles. So when we do something's critical, like when we have intercourse to get pregnant or avoid pregnancy, or even when during the day we might administer a drug therapy so it's effective and has the fewest side effects. So thinking about that, Saul, are you a morning person or a night person? I'm a morning person. Are you? Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. really controlled by you? your biological clock. So I'm a <laughs> night person, but I've okay. had to kind of okay. force myself in, you know, between work and kids um, yep. to be more of a morning person, but that's not naturally what my body wants hmm. to be. And on the weekends, I'll fall back. So your morning maybe person. I'm a, maybe I'm more like, I didn't even think about that, yeah. Amy, but maybe I'm more like that. Okay. Maybe so on the weekends, son, what does your body more, do? Oh, on the weekends, I'm up. I'm up, baby. Because <laughs> your kid's up, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your kid's up. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, okay, that's fair. Um, uh, okay, so this is about, you know, applying your, your normal circadian biology to how things work. Absolutely. So okay. what we do is we measure biological patterns that are controlled by those clocks. And so we do this with a biometric of body temperature. So temperature okay. is a proxy for physiological activities of our body. We've got a device or wearable called Priya, and that measures core body temperature on a continual basis. And core body temperature is really the gold standard of circadian science. It's a very rich information signal. And as one of our, one of our advisors has stated, it's from a diagnostic perspective, it's like taking a blood draw every five minutes wow. and the kind of information you can pull from that. So for our first application, we're using that information to help women identify their fertile window for pregnancy. And then many women don't even have a fertile window um, because of underlying issues. So we can provide this very high fidelity information through this continual biometric that can be used to diagnose and then track the effectiveness of treatments um, for those underlying conditions. And then we believe that we can apply these biometrics also to contraception, to menopause, to sleep disorders, and eventually clinical areas such as the timing and delivery of drug therapies like chemotherapy for maximum effectiveness. Fascinating. So there's the the chronobiological and the circadian 
uh, biology, tackling both of these things to understand uh, and, and, and the core body temp being the core of circadian biology? So that is the measurement that we can take that is reflecting what is happening. Hmm. And so by taking that on a continual basis and doing hmm. basically you know, time analysis on that, we can recognize patterns that are happening in the body. And by um, applying algorithms to that, we can compare those patterns and give information. For example, we can identify patterns before ovulation to say ovulation will be coming, um, as opposed to most tools today that's, that actually articulate when ovulation has happened, as opposed to being using pre-signals to say it's about to come. Fascinating. And and that's a key differentiator, right? So let's hone in on, on how what you guys do and, and how is it different? Yeah. So broadly, our unique value proposition will be the integration of this real-time objective and personal predictive biometric that we just talked about, this continuous core body temperature. And then combining that with an established and engaged community into a platform to empower women to make these decisions. So in addition to that metric wearable saw, we have a platform fueled by an app called Kandara. And Kandara is an engaged social learning community. And it's a data interface for women on their healthcare journey, where they can track a variety of both objective and subjective metrics that they can use to help them conceive a child or avoid contraception or track healthcare. And Kandara so far has been downloaded about 1.6 million times and is used daily by about 150,000 women. It's really a repository for hundreds of millions of points of data that allow us to mine for things like new indications and applications and features on a depersonalized way. And then we can use that data to create more efficient, effective study protocols, and then use the symptoms that women track in there for differential diagnosis. And so then as we expand our roadmap for biometric devices using the continuous core body temperature, we'll simultaneously expand our learning and social community on Kandara so that women have both objective and educational information to support their health journeys. That's really interesting. And so there is this whole community social component that already is is you know 1.6 million downloads, 150,000 women already engaged on it. So it's something that you guys have been doing for a while and 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 what's the response thus far? So it's exciting to see the response there because women are helping women. Mm-hmm. They're providing information, they're posing questions, they're answering those questions. They're tracking all kinds of information um on there, they can track things like their symptoms, their medicines, their vitamins, their lab tests. And then with the integration of these biometrics, we can provide insights that are necessary for them to answer their own questions about their own bodies. And then on a macro basis to have some data to inform population medicine. Love it. And and so to be part of the community, do you need to buy the, the device to measure your core body temperature? So you don't. Kandara okay. is a standalone app right now, and we will okay. be integrating that continuous core body temperature as an element in that. Got it. And so you can do either separately, but we believe the ultimate power will be the integration and the correlation of this data. Gotcha. So that's where the two pieces come together. Right now, the offerings are are standalone. So so can women choose to, to get into the core body temperature? monitoring platform? They can. Right now, we're in a limited market release okay, okay. and just getting market feedback on that. Kandara, um, as the standalone app platform where they track everything, has been available, at, you know, as you can see by the the, um, the engagement and the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then Priya right now, um, we've we've wrapped up a couple clinical trials. We've got a couple going currently and it is available in limited market release. And women who are interested in participating in that 
um, can sign up on the Kandara website for that. And in, in addition, so we anticipate using that continuous core body temperature device as a wearable in clinical trials mm-hmm. to be able to track continuous core body temperature as a primary secondary endpoint for those trials because that continuous core body temperature is so indicative of, you know, a therapeutic response in a number of areas. Fascinating. And so just to to make sure we're all on the same page, Priya is the measuring device, correct? Correct. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, and thanks so, for the clarification. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and if you want to learn more about Kindara or, or Priya, as Amy mentioned, it's on limited release, but potentially an opportunity for you to learn more, uh, go to kindara.com. That's K-I-N-D-A-R-A. Just a fascinating approach in a very personalized way to address these questions that that uh, you may be having. So, so Amy, let's spend a little bit of time around some of the results and, and outcomes. Tell us uh, what you've seen thus far that's, that's helped improve outcomes or made business better. Absolutely. So as it relates to our first first specific indication of fertility, our clinical study showed that this device, Priya, was able to predict the fertile window 2.6 days before traditional ovulation kits. And so what that does is it opens up a woman's window to be able to get pregnant. Mm. Then from a macro perspective, I kind of pull out and look at the big picture. And I think how important it is to impact um, women through empowering them with information. Because right now, in so many cases, health and wellness decisions are frequently made in a vacuum. And although that's getting better, a lot of easily accessible consumer information is reflective of a full population. It's calculated by a mean of a group of people instead of information that's very specific and personalized and based on real-time data. For example, a lot of times we go to get a diagnostic from our physician and we go to a lab and we get a single point of time. Um, when we do get personalized information. And that single point of time may not decipher the patterns that are only detectable through continuous measurements. So that is one of the ways that this will make those diagnoses better. And then we're using those data patterns to inform women of the specifics of their body to enable them to make better decisions as an individual. And then providing that in this context of education and community where they can lean on one another to advance their knowledge and feel supported. An example that we've had numerous women report um, is that after previously having a miscarriage, through the tracking of their temperature, and this is not even very high fidelity temperature, they've identified a drop in their progesterone just days or weeks after conception, and that by taking this information to their doctor, they've gotten the treatment that they need to maintain their pregnancy. Well, you know, this is such a fresh approach, Amy, to a very, what could be a very frustrating experience for a lot of women and families. And it's, it's really exciting to see what the promise here is. What, what would you say, as you guys have gotten to this point, has been one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning that's made you guys even better? Okay. Well, <laughs> I think right now we're all living in the middle of this COVID season. It's yeah. been a challenge to us as a company. It's been challenges as a community. And I'd almost be remiss by not focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And for us, it impacted our suppliers. It impacted our manufacturing process and our clinical trials and therefore market launch and fundraising timelines. But I think that the key learning saw, or maybe it's just a reminder, is that under pressure is where diamonds are formed. And that's the case both on a macro perspective of what's going on in just healthcare, as well as for us at PrimaTemp. You know, we see that remotely delivered healthcare is advancing with the support of these digital and data technologies. And Eric, as Eric Topol says, you know, it's not necessarily the solution to this current crisis, but it'll be one of the lasting consequences. 
So for Prematem, we've really, during this time frame, first of all, we support that shift to telemedicine. But in our process, we first had to move our clinical trials to a virtual format, and we were set up to do so, but, you know, needed to do that. And ultimately, in terms of the learnings that came from that, it resulted in faster enrollments and lower costs. So I don't think we'll ever go back. We also learned that PREA as a device, we really designed that to help women identify their fertile window. But it quickly became evident in COVID that that digital diagnostic value for women who were struggling to get pregnant and could maybe not get to the doctor um, or in the future are less likely to physically go to a doctor, that was equally important to be able to provide that information. And then lastly, the social aspect of the community on Kandara where women supported women through their health challenges has become even more important during social isolation associated with COVID. So there's been some really exciting benefits that have come. That's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, shifting your clinical trials, uh, sounds like you guys were already there, but this was the, I guess, the proving ground where you're like, wow, we're definitely going to keep it digital. (laughs) Right. Right. We had the tools to do it, but we were doing it in clinic at the time. And so we were positioned to more easily shift than others and got that done literally in a matter of, you know, a couple weeks. And so we did not lose traction in our main trial that we're going forward with. And like I said, I don't anticipate in those kind of trials that we can do this remotely. There's some trials that we'll need to do in clinic, but a lot of the information we'll be able to gather digitally, which is just helpful in terms of convenience for women, um, let alone for the cost for the entire system. Yeah, that's a great call out. So kudos. That's that's amazing that you guys were able to to keep doing what you're doing throughout these tough times while it slowed things down a bit, the momentum continues. And so what are you most excited about today, Amy? Well, when I think about the overall healthcare system, I'm really excited about both the democratization and personalization of healthcare. So my personal description of democratization of healthcare is the shift that is happening from information knowledge and therefore power going from experts and elites and kind of specialists um, to people, to patients, to consumers. And just like the shifts we've seen in travel and banking and entertainment, we're seeing this in healthcare. And that's really characterized by the availability of data that's moving from just the experts to -to day-to-day users. And the ability to apply insights at scale, making it possible for one to own one's own health and wellness and doing that in a really, really personal way. And I, you know, a lot of times I'm asked, well, what does that mean to providers? And I think from a provider perspective, it allow them to focus less on those routine tasks and allow them to focus on those areas where they can provide the most value and the most satisfaction. And then Saul, secondly, and tied into that really is the importance of personalization. But we're moving from an approach that treats people based on averages in an entire population of, as we traditionally saw in pharma clinical trials, to assessing and treating individuals based on their own genotype or phenotype, and then truly tailoring the approach to their uniqueness, advancing outcomes and minimizing side effects. So that's what we're doing at PrimaTemp is we're providing tools to support both the democratization as well as the personalization of healthcare. Hmm. So well said, Amy. And, you know, that personalization is at the core of Kendara and uh, and Priya <laughs> and and the solutions that you guys are doing. So so just uh, kudos to you and your team for doing this. It, it's much needed. Uh, I mean, I have friends that have gone through a lot trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's just hard. And it shouldn't have to be um, you know that generalized. You know, it sounds like you guys are targeting something really really game changing. Thank you. Yes, it is really hard for those couples psychologically, biologically, and economically. Yeah, and. 
so let's conclude. I mean, this is just fascinating work, Amy. Give us a closing thought and the best place where the listeners can learn more, get engaged and uh, connect with you. Okay. Well, I think just, you know, going back to your first question about, you know, why healthcare, where does your passion come from? I really think that these meaningful clinical and economic outcomes, they will be advanced at that intersection of these disciplines. And that's going to happen through challenging and constructive dialogue and experimentation. And so I just encourage anybody who's interested in exploring those things and engaging further in that, um, especially as it relates to partnering and commercialization to reach out to us, um, because we'd love to explore those those intersections. And to do so, um, outcome rocket listeners can get a hold of me at my email, a.shannon at primatemp.com. And primatemp has a dash between prima and temp. I'm on LinkedIn. Or you can get a hold of me through our contact page at the Prima Temp website. Love it, Amy. So folks, there you have it. Many ways to connect and learn more. If anything that we discussed today uh, that that Amy shared uh, inspires you or maybe aligns with uh, a partnership or a commercial strategy, the opportunity is now. And so, Amy, I really want to thank you again for for sharing our, you know, with our listeners, the inspiration that that is driving your work there and also the uniqueness of the solution that you guys have. Well, thank you, Saul. Thank you for the opportunity to share it. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.